event, notice they don't pass the plate, we pass the trash can. That's weird. <laughs> That's strange, strange. Uh, so Emma, right? It's great to have Emma this morning. Uh, we have a list of uh, notes of encouragement. And Emma, I almost wrote a note of encouragement to you this morning saying, I'm so glad you're here. And I'm glad you haven't told anybody that I'm a troublemaker. So that was really cool. We had a great dialogue here just a moment ago. So there you go. Welcome to our great place. So it's good to see you. All right. Well, you know, there's so much to do. I have so many announcements. I hope I can get all through them tonight. So, or this morning. Here we go. Are you ready? Let's see. We have a short meeting, 15 minutes, right after assembly. So as soon as the last amen and the, the get all excited song. If we can just jump right in there, it'll take 15 minutes, and then uh, I will cut you loose. There's several people that have shared an interest in uh, working together to split and or cut, split, chop, deliver three cords of firewood for the orphans in Belarus. And so uh, very thankful for that, and I think we can get it all done between 9 and 3, but it's going to be kind of a scheduled, concerted effort. And I, I thrive on those kinds of things to get like a well-oiled machine, kind of like what happened yesterday at your place. It was great. So uh, just a quick meeting right after assembly this morning. Uh, Sunday evening assembly is here uh, tonight. Uh, College-age fellowship uh, tomorrow uh, at 545 at our house. And so dinner at 545 and then uh, lesson at uh, about 630. Uh, evening assembly hosted by the parks on Wednesday. So Wednesday night evening assembly is at the parks. And so if you're interested, uh, let them know you're coming their way. Thursday, Ladies Study, 7 p.m., uh, hosted by uh, Melissa Parks. Uh, so a lot of gals are going to that and having a great time. And uh, let's see, the only other thing is, is we have some upcoming events, like we need to sing happy birthday to Lawson and Logan and Lewis. Now, Lewis is not here, so we'll have to catch him next time he's here. So, so Logan, how old are you, dude? Oh, well, I can tell by his mustache he's old. How old are you? 26. Wow. Has arthritis set in yet? No? Okay, that's good. I'm glad. Because did you volunteer to cut firewood on Saturday? Thank you, man. It's good. Uh, let's see. Lawson. How, Lawson, how old are you, man? Nine. Nine. Hey, Royce, there's a couple uh, birthday cards out there for you too, man. You were here. You got them? Well, you weren't here when we sang happy birthday, were you? Were you here? You weren't, so we're going to sing happy birthday to you, too. You okay with that? You look pretty cash today, by the way. Just <laughs> hanging with Dad. That's cool. All right. So any other, anybody else have a birthday coming up this week? Oh, we didn't sing to Tiffany? I didn't do that on purpose. You didn't? Oh, sure. Yeah, she's going. All right, okay. Okay, well, you're not really excused because we're going to sing to you today. All right. Good. All right. Anybody else? Wait a minute. You're pointing up here. There's some grins over here. Who is it? Which one of you? Or both of you? Vaughn, how old are you now, dude? It's at the end of the month. Yeah, it's on the 31st. Oh, it's on the 31st of this month? What are you doing, man? You're making me look bad. I saw a finger point over here. Oh, you saw a finger point? <laughs> All right, we're going to wait to sing to you. Yes. Are you wrestling at the end of the month at all? Are you going to be around so we can sing to you? Should be. I'm not going to want that. I'm going to sing to you right now. So there you go. We got another. 
All right, are we ready to sing? Anybody else got a birthday coming up this week? Or on the 35th? Or 31st, sorry, 31st. See, Emma, how much problems I create? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. Very good. Now, we are reworking the Bible class uh, program a little bit, and so we need to know all the young people's ages, uh, name and ages, uh, is as month, day, and year. And so uh, Melissa is asking for that because she kind of oversees how the classes go. So I'm going to send it over here, so if you would do that for me. We're going to get it all the way around uh, the classroom uh, or the, the assembly hall. That'd be great. Okay. Let's see, now we got a bunch of really awesome words of encouragement. So Emma, are you ready to help me out? All right, here we go. Well, look at this one right on the top. Emma, you are such a sweet servant of the Lord. Thank you for joyfully serving others and being a great encourager. Can I get an amen on that one? Man, she is like encourager par perfect. All right, uh, Ryan. Ryan, this is microscopic writing here, so we're going to try and get this one right. Ryan, thank you for what you had to say about your dad on Monday night study. It was very powerful and meant so much to the rest of the group. Bill, thank you for all you do for the body here at P. Hill. If it were not for you standing in the gap for truth, who would know where the world... Who... Wow. Okay, so let me tell you again. If it were not for you standing in the gap for truth, who who knew where we would all be today? Anyway, so thank you. That's a great that's a great word. All right. And Bill sits right over there. And Ryan sits right next to him. Okay. Uh, the Hulk. Hey, we have the Hulk here. To the Hulk, aka Brian. <laughs> Your sacrifice impacted our family greatly. Uh, you had three little muscle guys, mini hulks, in training. Uh, so blessed to have you as a brother. All right, mini hulks in training. That's great. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate your teaching style. Thank you for challenging us with a great prayer meditation. Thanks, Eric. That was awesome. Good up for Eric. Wait till you hear. He's, he's a great teacher. I never can, I don't think I can pronounce this one very well. Blessy. 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 A.K.A. Blake and Desi. Thank you so much for your incredible help and sacrifice to, to our family. You two are amazing. Amen. Woohoo! Good job. Mom and Tamara, thank you so much for your tireless work and sacrifice uh, and help to help our family. We are so grateful for you. Can I give up for Tamara? I know she hates it, but I love doing that. So, Bragg, Here's another one. Bragg family. Bragg family, you guys are amazing. Thank you for all, your, uh, for all of your moving help. There you go. Did I say many help? So moving help. All right. Oh, this is a good one. Pizza Angel. My darling Pizza Angel, a.k.a. Melissa Parks. 
Thanks for feeding our crew yesterday. Kurt, thanks for all your muscle help. We knew we were in good hands to go when you should. We're, we knew we, we knew something good to go when you showed up. All right, I'll tell you what. Uh, I need to learn to read. <laughs> Bill and Sharon, so thankful for your servant's heart. We are so blessed to have you in our lives, hoping your help didn't cause you hurt. No, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm a loser. I left early. Yeah, my arm hurts. Okay. Now, Silas. Can you give this to Silas? Silas, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday to help our family. Jamie and Carl. Now, this is the guy that got hurt, I heard. Jamie and Carl. He didn't get hurt? Oh, okay. Jamie and Carl, thank you for your amazing help. You each used for the gifts to bless us. Thank you and thank you. Ken Wybert, you are the world's best handyman. By the way, I praise God for your attitude, man. When there's something that needs to get worked on, you're Johnny on it, or Kenny on it, one of the two. So, uh, so anyway. Yeah, I know, I know. I know that you don't like that. I'm sorry. Uh, it just rhymed. You are the world's best handyman. Thank you so much for all your help and the way you bless the Kirkpatrick family. All right. Okay, someone wrote a very serious note for Jeffy, so I'm going to read it as it should be read. Jeff, you are a man after God's own heart, always trying to do the right thing. And I would say doing the right thing. So I praise God for you, my friend. There you go. Remember three or four years ago, the power of positive, always remembering to encourage one another and spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And that's what that's all about. So I'm excited that we continue to do that after four years. And uh, I think that, you know, with what is coming, we're going to need to continue to be very positive in praising each other and thanking each other for the work that we do. Now grab your Bibles. Hebrews in chapter 10. Hebrews in chapter 10. Our anchor verse comes from Hebrews chapter, one of our anchor verses comes from Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36, but I want to read it in context. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 32. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. You showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which is a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so thankful for this passage of scripture. It's powerful in teaching us the importance of standing strong in our faith, focusing our hearts and our minds completely on the hope to be granted to us at the appearing of our Christ and King, and to remember as he has loved us, so we are to love others, so that the love of many will not grow cold in your church, but rather the love for many will continue to grow as we would walk by faith and not by sight. 
Help us then this morning to realize the importance and the value of hope, hope in you and hope in your promises, that no matter what challenges or difficulties we find in our lives, that we'll recognize that there's an answer, that there is a reward, and there is a hope, uh, Father, for this life without you is hopeless. So thank you so much for the next mini-series of lessons that we'll be working on hope. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Many people think that hope is based upon things that are relatively uncertain. In fact, there's scriptures that say that hope isn't hope uh, if it's seen. In other words, if you see something and you know something, then it's really not hope. It's like during Christmas time, getting into your parents' closet and finding the presents that they have for you. And so you have to fake being excited. And uh, you don't want to do that. You want to know and have confidence in you know, what is to come, especially when God makes a promise. And so it's important for us to recognize that hope that's scriptural is not worldly hope. Hope that's scriptural is based upon absolute conviction, being convinced of God's promises and God's provision. Now, I want to use an example very quickly here. And it's a pretty powerful example, at least in my life. When I was a little kid, five years old, we lived in a very tiny little house. I had two bedrooms. My folks had one, and myself and my three other siblings had another. And we were really packed in there like sardines. My dad was starting a company. Uh, 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 he was a barber, and he was starting a little barber shop. And I remember he said, now look, you all four need to help mom keep this house clean, and you need to help mom by having a great attitude about everything. And so he says, at the end of the week, I'm going to talk to your mom and see if you kept your room clean and if you had a great attitude about doing your chores. And if you did, you're going to get a 50-cent piece. And you're going... 50 cent piece. It was a solid silver Benjamin Franklin 50 cent piece. You know how much they're worth right now? A lot. Okay. And so every Friday at the end of his quote unquote work week, he would line us all up and he'd say, well, your mom said that you did a great job. And so we got our little 50 cent pieces and we all got 50 cents. My brothers were older. Uh, my oldest brother saved his. His younger, youngest brother didn't. Back when I was young, and I know you're going to be shocked when you hear this, but back when I was young, a candy bar that was a lot bigger than the candy bars on the shelf today, a candy bar that was rather huge was five cents, a nickel. And I would go down every Friday, I'd go down to the grocery store by our house, and I would bring in my silver... 50 cent piece, only if I would have saved them like my brother. But I went down and I'd put it down and I'd have 10 candy bars. It was great. And my folks wouldn't let me go down there until after dinner because they knew what would happen. I'd come home with chocolate all over my face and it was, it was disastrous. Anyway, so every Friday, I knew that if I were a faithful son, I didn't know what that word meant back then, but if I did what God, my dad, told me to do, that I would receive that reward. You see, that how, that's how it is with God. He makes promises to you, promises to the faithful. 
And so we know if we're faithful, it's an absolute sure thing. I knew every Friday when I made my bed really nice and I didn't punch my sister, at least I didn't get caught, I then was going to get a 50 cent piece. It was great. You see, because I trusted. I was convinced that my dad was faithful to his, his promise and I trusted my dad to follow through and I was very sure to do my part in that, in that little exchange. And so every Friday, I knew what I was going to hear. Well done, thou good and faithful son. Here's your reward. Well, he didn't say that, but God's going to say something like that when we get to heaven. So it's important for us to recognize that hope is critical. If you don't have hope, you're not going to try to get to heaven because you don't believe there is a heaven. You don't believe there is a hell. I am absolutely convinced that's the first part of faith. I'm absolutely sure that's the second part of faith. I'm so sure I'm going to live differently than what I used to before I became a Christian. And so it's important for us to recognize that the three cornerstones for our being able to persevere in the worst of times is first our faith. Are we fully convinced that God exists and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek and serve him? Are you absolutely convinced? Do you trust him so much because his promises have proved true every single time in your life? And some of you say, well, I've tried it out. It doesn't work. Well, I might share with you that you didn't work the right program in regards to following through on his promise. Because every time I follow through on one of his promises, having looked it up, it works. God is ever faithful. Who's the liar usually in the relationship between you and God? Usually, you say? Every time, you should say. God is faithful and true. So if he promises you something, he's going to follow through. It's our part to be the faithful son or daughter. He is faithful. Now, the things that we're going to look at in the next four weeks are important. We're doing a broad brush today, a broad brush. The three facets of hope. We talked about faith for at least five weeks. We're going to talk about hope for about five weeks as well. And hope has three very important foundational truths to it. Truth number one. Well, get your lesson out. You can see it in your, in your lesson Point number one, we're going to spend at least a week, if not more, on point number one. Well, not a week starting today. I mean, we'll do that next week. But it says, remembering God's past provision. You know, when God said it was going to rain, Noah said, what? He'd never seen rain before. But he trusted God because he knew God before that. And God said, it's going to rain. I want you to build a gigantic seagoing ship. And you're going to save anyone who'll get in the boat. Well, who got in the boat? Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. That's all that got in the boat. Other people did not believe in God. That was not a good thing because everybody else was killed. But notice, he was absolutely convinced. And so here we see, remembering God's past. Now, I have to ask you a question. Is there any, any evidence in the world that there was a cataclysmic flood? Is there any evidence? The evidence is everywhere. Go to John Day. John Day is rather a high elevation, and there are all sorts of amazing fossils of sea animals over there. How many have been to the John Day fossil beds? 
Wow, it's amazing. Don't believe they're dating. Five billion years ago. <laughs> really, that's not true. And uh, over in Eastern Oregon in the Wallawa, the Wallawa Whitman uh, National Forest, the mountains, you found seashells way high up on those mountains, haven't you? And I know you got some stones or some fossils back at your house. There are fossils all over the world at different elevations in high mountains. Fossils of sea-going creatures. How's that possible? We have evidence. Now, I wasn't there at the flood and you were either. But God said it and we have evidence to prove it. So it's important for us to recognize we need to take a look at when God makes a promise to somebody that there's evidence somewhere. When God said, Moses, take the children of Israel and get out of Dodge and you're going to cross the Red Sea. They get to the Red Sea and it's like, I don't think so. But if you take a look at the evidence that's been discovered about the Red Sea, how powerful is that? The Red Sea actually did Heart. You're saying, no way. I got a video that actually documents divers going in with submersible cameras and they go clear across this land bridge that's just about 60 to 80 feet below the water and it's littered with, guess what? Chariot wheels, wagon wheels, weaponry, encrusted bones of horses, and oxen and human beings clear across this land bridge that's just under the surface of the water. That's evidence, isn't it? Huh. God said it. Moses did it. And now we have evidence. My hope is in what God has promised. Now, in my own life. Well, let's take a look at that first point. I almost, almost got too far ahead of myself. Remembering the past provision and promises fulfilled. Look at Romans. In Romans chapter 15, what an amazing passage of scripture. And I don't know about you, but I, I, when I was younger, I hated reading. I was a terrible reader. And I was held back in school because I was a terrible reader. But I used to read uh, books on uh, all sorts of fun stuff when I was a kid. But I couldn't stand reading the books at school. Well, I've come to really love and appreciate the Bible. There's so many awesome, amazing truths in this, in this, in this book. Now look at uh, Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 13. Listen for the word hope. And listen what hope is tied to. Before we get into it, though, by the way, how many know what a Gentile is? Anybody here know what a Gentile is? What's a Gentile? Not a gentle, a Gentile. Come on, somebody's got to know. A heathen? Who said a heathen? Wow, you're right. Well, according to the Jewish mindset, yes. Anybody who wasn't a Jewish person was considered a Gentile, unclean. And so I don't have any Jewish blood, physical Jewish blood in me, so I'm a Gentile. Uh, I'm no longer a heathen, by the way. Uh, Rick, I was before I was a Christian, but I'm no longer. Now I'm a son of God. Thank you very much. But I'm a Gentile. Listen very carefully to what is written here for us in regards to where we should place our hope and why. Beginning in verse uh, one. Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. 
He's talking to Christians here, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. Each of us is to, to please his neighbor uh, for his good, to his edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, and this is Old Testament quote, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Basically what it's saying there, it's a quote from Jesus. All those people who sinned against you, I bore those reproaches, their sins in my life. Did Jesus lay it down for you? Yes or no? There's not a person in this audience that's worthy of heaven. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it doesn't matter what sin, it doesn't. Jesus bore them all. All of them. And so, if you broke every one of the Ten Commandments many, many, many times, Jesus died for you. He paid for the full price for you, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. There's freedom in that, man. I broke every one of the Ten Commandments. Do your calculations. Every single one. And I'm ashamed of it. Some, many times. But those were all born in the body of Jesus on the cross. I'm free and you can be free too. I believe that with all my heart. My hope is in Christ and his sacrifice, not in how many good deeds I do. Because honestly, no one is worthy only but through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So our hope must be built on that. So when we take a look at this, it's awesome. He's talking about how we should be like Christ. But reading on, take a look at verse four. Verse four is powerful. For whatever was written in earlier times, in the Old Testament times, was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragements of the scriptures, we may have hope. Hope of heaven. Hope of a better life now. How many know the scriptures? You should. Every person who bows the knee and receives Jesus Christ as Lord and lives faithfully for him will receive a hundredfold blessing in this life and eternal life in the next. I don't know about you, but a hundredfold blessing in this life is powerful. And I've received that. And I continue to see it every single day. You received a part of the hundredfold blessing this last weekend, didn't you? Man, you had a full army over your house bringing everything in and all the stuff I saw I was thinking wow they're going to be here forever and Sharon got home early I was thinking how'd that work did she skip out like me too I don't know okay it was just many hands make light work powerful that's a part of the hundredfold blessing so as we continue to read on please recognize hope is in what God has done in the past he made the promise he followed through and we have evidence that he followed through I don't need to fear hell I'm excited about heaven. If I, like I did with my dad back in the day, make sure I clean my bed, make sure I treated my little sister pretty good outside the side of my mom, and I'm just saying, and you know, did whatever my dad asked me to do. I worked hard at that because I knew he was faithful. I knew he promised, and he would follow through. Now, when we continue on here, just to finish up, it says in verse five, now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. Jesus is the standard for being of one mind, treating people rightly. Verse six, so that with one accord, you may with one voice glorify God and the Father uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. 
For I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision, the Jewish population, on behalf of the truth of God, what he promised in the Old Testament, to confirm the promises given to the fathers, meaning Old Testament Jewish folks, and for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Now, this passage is for us, folks. What we're about to read is for us. Let's read. They're Old Testament quotes. Therefore, I will give praise to you among the Gentiles, and I will sing to your name. How many of you sang this morning? I know some of you sing quietly because you don't think you have a really good voice. Okay? But how many of you sang this morning? You're singing praise to God when you sing like that. You see? And so Gentiles will be singing to God. In verse 10, again, he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his, quote-unquote, Jewish people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, There shall come the root of Jesse, talking about Jesus, and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles, Jesus is the ruler over all mankind, in him shall the Gentiles hope. Brethren, I want you to walk through this life filled with joy, the fullness of joy, because your life has been secured in heaven by God. He promised in the past that he was going to save his people Israel, and he did over and over and over and over again. And then he sent the Savior, Jesus Christ, and he, he bore the sins of all the world, not only Jewish folks, but also Gentile folks. That's us. I don't know about you, but I... I don't ever want to go back to the life I lived. It was a horrible life. I hated myself. I love the blessings I have now and the amazing uh, fellowship that I have with the saints. This is my family. This is the family of God. The sweet blessing, what was just read, my son blessed me richly last Monday night, made me cry in a good way. Made a lot of people cry, huh? Yeah. How many want their sons and their daughters to have that kind of love and appreciation for them? I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I was rendered because I feel like sometimes I come up so short in being a dad and a husband based upon what I read in the scriptures. But that's a part of the hundredfold blessing. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Blake. See, it's important for us to recognize God made the promise. We can have absolute hope. No matter how bad it gets as Christians, we can power through because heaven is waiting for us. Wait till we get to the last verse. I'm really excited about the last verse. Point number two. Take a look at point two. Experiencing the kind provision of God right now. Right now. I kind of jumped ahead on that one too. Turn to 2 Corinthians. This is a, an amazing passage of of real fellowship in the body of Christ. And unfortunately, a lot of churches, it's all about business and money. But really, the church is the family of God. We should really love each other as family. Amen? Now, if you come from a family where you don't love each other, well, that's not the example. We're talking about really loving each other sacrificially like Jesus Christ loves. Well, let's take a look. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 beginning in verse 3. Listen to, the, listen to the love that Paul has for these people. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction 
so that we will be able to comfort those who, who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Did you hear the message already? God loves you and comforts you in your struggles and you have brothers and sisters who are struggling and you need to comfort them with the comfort that God gives you. Same message as what we read in Romans 15. Reading on it says, for just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, Paul's talking about he's really suffering a lot for Christ, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. Now look at verse seven. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort. We need to recognize and understand if we're family, we should be there for each other. How many of, and don't raise your hand on this one, don't even blink your eyes, just give me a stone stare, okay? Don't even give anything away. How many have ever been in a place in your life because of whether it's in home or out of home or at work or wherever, life just seemed overwhelming and you were being crushed? I don't know about you, but I've had more than one of those experiences. That was kind of what my son Ryan was talking about, appreciating that I kept pushing through. And that comforted me and encouraged me, that little statement. You see, it's important for us to know we're family. And if somebody is, is really going through a tough time, we need to gather around them. We need to be their comfort and their hope and their encouragement because that's what family does. And if we have hope in Jesus Christ and things are crushing down on individuals or the church body, we need to circle the wagons. We need to draw closer together. And we need to be those ones who encourage and comfort one another. You know, a lot of churches, what will happen, and I don't mean to be mean, but somebody blows it, makes a mistake, and everybody goes, eh, not talking to them. Wait a minute. Don't, haven't you blown it before? Don't you hate it when you make a mistake and everybody goes, oh, don't get near them. That doesn't help them at all. Why don't you come alongside privately and say, I don't know what's going on, but I'm here for you. Isn't that what Jesus does? Isn't that what Jesus does? Love covers a multitude of sins, it says. We're going to get to love a little bit later on uh, in our lesson series. But love covers a multitude of sins. That's both an Old Testament and a New Testament. You know what a good brother or sister in Christ does? When they see someone in the church struggling because Satan is crushing them in one way or another, they come alongside and they give them hope. They encourage them, they comfort them, they build them up. That's what it says right here. Well, let's continue to read on. Look at verse eight. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but trust in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us he on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. Brother, I picked this passage of scripture because I don't think any of us, any of us have had that 
kind of outside external crush of evil people trying to destroy us so much so that we knew that we were going to be killed. The death sentence. I don't know about you. I've never had that experience before. Have you? I mean, if you are, come up here. I'll let you finish the sermon. I haven't had that experience. But Paul's saying it was so bad, the persecution, that we thought we were dead. But we continue to comfort you because God continued to comfort us. You see family here, brethren? You see the power of hope? The power of hope will not allow the world to crush the brethren. The power of hope will be there for the brethren. Now, there's been some really great people come and go because the devil crushed them and they they buckled. We need to be there for each other because the devil is gunning for the church, isn't he? He wants to crush the church. He wants to crush the individual. We need to be there for each other. That's the power of hope. I want to see every one of you on the right side where the sheep are in heaven on that day. I want to see you there. And I know many of you have the same heart and you're willing to step up and help the brethren because you want them there. Hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Am I the only one that struggles sometimes with self-doubt? Am I the only one in the audience sometimes that feels like overwhelmed, I can't do this? Am I the only one? I don't think so. Paul was overwhelmed and crushed and yet he still reached out to comfort others and he was comforted by others. There's hope. He knew heaven was a sure thing and he wanted to make sure everybody that he could influence would get there. That's the power of hope. Persecution doesn't crush it. Actually, the power of hope helps other people stand strong. That's why I love this scripture so much. Present tense right now. You know those little notes that we sent out? You know what those notes are? They're giving people hope. Words of encouragement give people hope. They give them strength. In, to place in, courage, and I mean it. I want you to have courage in this life. The devil wants to destroy you. God wants to give you hope. Even though you have made mistake after mistake after mistake, God wants to give you that hope so that you can give hope to other people who are struggling. It's powerful. Now let's look at the very last one, the point number three, looking forward to God's promise fulfilled. Hebrews chapter six. And I'm not gonna tell you this is one of my favorite verses because I tell you that all the time. But I sure do love this verse. It's awesome. Wait till you hear it. So beginning there in verse 10. Hebrews chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in having ministered or served and in still ministering or serving the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope. You know, when you when you build a brother or sister up and you've done that because you love them and you care about them and you want to serve the Lord, I don't know about you, but whenever I do that, I go, wow, I, I did something right, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but I get that. And God designed us when we do something like that 
to receive the blessing as well as having blessed someone else. But let's read on. Look at look at the following part there. Uh, full assurance of faith until the end, the last day, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Do you remember the promises when Phil Sutton was here last Sunday morning? He says, what are the promises of God that we're going to receive on that last day? I don't know about you, but I miss a lot of people. I miss Grandma Peggy. I know some of you miss her as well. I miss Ruben Viegas. Many of you don't even know who that guy is. Man, was he a card. Man, every time I went out of Bible study, he'd give me a hard time. But he did it in love. I loved it. Until he got terminal cancer and decided he wanted to get serious about Bible study. And the privilege of immersing him into Christ and the next Thursday, being there, when he couldn't even get out of bed, he forced himself out of bed to sit down. And he says, you know what? Until my last breath, I'm going to be here on Thursday to Bible study with you, Bill. And he passed that night. Man, that guy was awesome. He was the 11th second of the 11th minute of the 11th hour of the 11th year. He was the, he was the 11th hour guy. But he made it in. And I so appreciate him. I'm going to see him someday. Grandpa Penny is going to be there. And you heard about him. I'm going to give him a big fat bear hug because he helped me get to where I'm at. You see, there's so many people that have gone on before us. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get there. There are some very special people waiting for me. How about you? There's one in particular. I won't speak their name. There's one person in particular I can't wait to meet. I know they're waiting for me. Look at verse 13. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so having patiently waited, he, Abraham, obtained the promise. Man, he has kids all over the world. For men swear by one greater than themselves and with them an oath is given as confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way God, now listen to verse 17 and 18, it's amazing. In the same way God desiring to be even more to show the heirs of promise, that's Christians, the unchangeableness of his purpose interposed with an oath so that by two unchangeable things which it's impossible for God to lie, we have taken a refuge, we have taken refuge and have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope he has as an anchor of the soul, the hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters in the veil. Now I'm going to stop here for just a minute. Do you know anybody that's never lied? I don't know anybody that's never lied. God can't lie. He is truth. He can't lie. And when he makes a promise, he can't go back on his promise. He can't. He's perfect. It's impossible. He made a promise to you and to me. I'm going to send my son into the world. And my son will be the sin bearer of all man. Every single human being. Their sins were placed into the body of Jesus Christ when he hung on the cross. You read the Bible, it says it in more than one place. It says it in several places. 
All the sins of the world were poured into the body of Jesus Christ. Every single human being, no matter how bad they were, or maybe if they're not a Christian, how bad they are, they still had their sins born in the body of Jesus. And all they need to do is humble themselves and make Jesus his Lord and obey the great gospel calling of salvation. And they'll be in. Doesn't matter what you've done. That promise cannot be broken. And God can't lie. Again, going back to my little story about the little 50 cent piece. I trust God more than I trusted my dad. And my dad never broke that promise. You and I have a father that made that promise and he will not go back on that. God is faithful. He is perfect. He's promised and he can't lie. Your hope in heaven is secure if you will be faithful to your father, to your husband, Christ Jesus. He will not deny you. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for heaven. But I do know there's another player that wants you and I not to make it, and that's the devil. And he's going to use distraction. He's going to use discouragement. He's going to use deceit to destroy you and I. That's why we need to be what these three verses talked about. People who are serving the brethren. People who are caring and comforting the brethren. People who are putting other as, others as more important than themselves. Why? Because we know there's a heaven. And we know that God is waiting for us. Hope, hope pushes the destruction away of the devil and gives us that great encouragement and courage that we need. Will you be that Christian today? Hopeful, so much so that you will comfort others. You will encourage others. You'll put other, others' needs before your own because you know that you're going to hear someday, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest because you deeply cared as Jesus cares. I don't know about you, but I pray that you will make that commitment to learn about hope and choose then to look at the Old Testament to see what he has done to understand the amazing blessings that you have right now as a Christian now and to know that those prove that he is waiting for you in heaven and your place is secured in Christ Jesus. Now, if you've never heard the gospel plan of salvation, you've, you've heard about this Jesus guy, but you've never heard about the plan of salvation, would you take a moment and, and come talk to me? And if, if uh, it's not going to work, I know there's a lot of young men and young women in here Right, Jeff, young, young men like yourself in this audience who can step up and help out. Let's be people of hope because when the crush comes, it's only faith, hope, and love that will drive us through that crush. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful for building the, the cornerstones for perseverance. We don't know what 2021 holds. We've been through a very interesting year in 2020, uh, very confusing oftentimes. And uh, Father, we look at 2021 and, and uh, we need to be people who are people of hope, people of faith, people of love, so that no matter what comes, no matter how many challenges come, 
Uh, as we read in the very first passage of Scripture, if our property is taken from us, if we're imprisoned for doing what is right, we have great hope and can continue to power through serving you, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's stand and get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? Jesus said to? Man, again, that's kind of weak sauce. Let's do that again, okay? What did Jesus say to do? Jesus said to? Go! Good job. All right, get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.